Welcome along to this week's episode of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden and I'm here with Brian and Kevin. Each week we'll be taking a look at some of the endless stream of content that is delivered to us through Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Crave, Spotify, YouTube. Wherever content is delivered to people, we will be watching a chunk of it and we will then be talking about it. As a result, this is a very spoiler-heavy kind of podcast, so if you find us about to talk about a show you haven't seen, be warned, we're going to talk about the show. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast and maybe giving us a follow over on Instagram or Twitter. All of our socials are at The Endless Cast. We are starting with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier for the next five, six weeks, I think is what's left of it. Um, I don't know if it's a, is it an eight or a six episode run? Six. Six, okay. Um, I'm here with Brian and Kevin and we're going to do a little intro on... The last thing I saw, which was the Suicide Squad trailer. That's my reaction. So Brian feels strongly. Yeah. I just cringed through the whole thing. Um, I, th- I think there's a kind of moment in it that sums up Gun for me and his whole humor and his shtick. Where they're on the beach talking about eating a bag of dicks. Hilarious. It's just, it's just this weak... It's this weak attempt at like snappy back and forth banter in a sec. It doesn't sound good. It's not funny. And it's just, it's weak. And it's, it's, I think it sums up gun. There's a couple of moments like that in Guardians where they're talking like that. And it's just like, this doesn't, this isn't as snappy as you think. It's not, it's not fun dialogue. It's, it's weak. It's bad. That's me. Kev, you loved it. <laughs> For Liberty. Uh no, it looks so it looks so stiff. Like kind of I I kind of I hate when they do it like but like in the trailer it's like he's the funny guy, he's the edgy dark guy, she's the crazy on you know what I mean? Like it's just like he's he tries to hit the nails of these like kind of um stereotypes almost, you know? Yeah. Like you know exactly what it's, it's gonna it's be Guardians into it hundred percent. Dick joke more dick jokes, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, and, and like uh just more like obscure yeah. characters um for the most part like yeah i mean he's i guess i'm trying to i'm trying to remember super before i compare but super on a huge budget i was okay with it i, I remember a lot of hype around it when i saw it i was just like i don't i don't see why everyone thinks it's amazing but it's fine yeah you see i probably saw it much later to be fair i think because i think i saw it on netflix one night because I, I just never heard of it and i was just like oh yeah okay like i'll check this out and uh, I loved this. I had no expectations of it whatsoever. I didn't he- hear the hype or anything like that. I liked the moment in the trailer with Harley Quinn, you know, like the rescue attempt and she's just there. I think Robbie does a great job with Harley. I just think she works better in small doses. I was just going to say, yeah, I watched the Birds of Prey movie and it was a struggle. Again, I like her. I like the character, but it's just... I think when it opened with that scene, I was like, oh, that that's really good. That's funny. It's a good moment. It's like, you know, I'm prepared to have my, uh, you know, expectations changed. And then the rest of it was just like, oh, this is fucking, just like the guy kind of, you know, exclaiming, oh, we got a motherfucking kai or whatever he says, you know, we got a kaiju. And it's just, it's just so. Kaiju, yeah. That there's, there's just a certain type of audience that will eat that up. You know, just because he said the word kaiju is like, ah, this is my stuff. This is my nerdy movie. And it's like, come on, we, we. That'd be like Pacific Rim, is it? Yeah, 
Yeah, that was my thought there as well. Like Pacific Rim um, sort of normalized the word kaiju, so they're sort of slotting it in around the world. It's like it's like when you started hearing people say POTUS. Yes, um, yeah. Like this, or like designated survivor. There's certain concepts that someone introduces to the sort of pop cultural like showrunner. Language. Showrunner, yeah. There's certain stuff that works its way into the the sort of global unconscious, and then you just hear it a lot. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like any anyone who's a fan of you know monster movies anyway knows that phrase or whatever. So like throwing it in there, it's like just a, a kind of a weak. It's pandering, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. He's nerd pandering. He's he's like, oh, we got a kaiju. I I you know, sorry. The the worst part of the trailer was from the horribly bad mind of James Gunn or yeah. something like that. I was just like, you, uh, the beautifully twisted or something. The horribly yeah. twist. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I want to yeah. balance this out because I I enjoyed the trailer. I just I was like, hey, it's King Shark, and I don't know who Idris Elba is, but I like Idris Elba. Um, I like King Shark. Yeah, fair. I guess I don't get a sense of the who or what the villain is. Um, Starro. Did you not see I the did see Starro. Actually, now that you say Starro. it, Starro is kind of a big reveal. I, I there was a thought that Starro is, yeah. was the villain in the last one you know when the whole city was zombified like early con like when people first saw that trailer of like hordes yeah. of people running after them the thought was oh it's gonna be starro and like i wonder did gun just go well everyone wanted it so yeah hmm. like i i definitely know i could go see it and i could think it's great you know um like, i'd have to hear very very good things about it well nobody's hmm. going to see anything for the next five years you know it'll show up on your streaming service HBO Max or something. I like comics, so I want to check out stuff like that. But um, I didn't love Guardians of the Galaxy, and the sequel just kind of confirmed everything. I like the sequel's so weak, and it's it's kind of like they're so happy with the response the first one got that they kind of gave him more rain, more free rain on the second one, and it's just a weaker film because of it. It's not a great film. And it's it, like he did exactly the same thing. It, it's just pandering again. It's like, oh, Star Lord's going to turn into Pac Man. I laughed at the gag, but the whole film felt like it was written just so he could arrive at that point. And it's just not as funny as he thinks it is. It's it's not. He just seemed to rebrand himself as the guy who does edgy stuff, but with heart. Right. Just because he made it about. And it's just like. You know, just because they're a just because they're a dysfunctional family doesn't mean they've actually doesn't mean there's a heart at the center of this, and you're just using it as an excuse to throw in kind of crude. I don't mind crude jokes, but they're they're weak crude mm. jokes. Um, I don't think it earns them. I don't think he earns it. I dislike the guy before he before all that kind of Twitter stuff from ten years ago came up. I just remember seeing him talk about scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he was very determined to kind of erase the other writer's contribution to the film. Um, and I, if I think it's the writer who, I think she wrote Inside Out. So I think she has a writing credit on it, but he was so quick to kind of say that, you know, oh, this scene is because of my rewrite, this scene's because of my rewrite. And he just wanted all the kind of credit for the, I guess, the heart of it, you know. Right. He was basically just kind of putting his version on it. And then the second thing was, there's so many scenes where he's pointing out like a model in the background saying, oh, that's my friend, such and such a person. And, you know, she's got a she did a kind of a, a longer scene in the film that I had to cut out. But 
just seems like he's promising a lot of models <laughs> scenes in his films and then cutting them out and and this is before all the kind of Twitter stuff came up and I think the guy's a creep don't like him you heard it here first I think he's a creep I hope he's not listening <laughs> Mr. Gunnar I'll see your movies on the other side I think um, you suck I I, I, I think filmmaking is a job and you need to make whatever shitty joke that makes people laugh in the cinema and eat popcorn and then uh, make money for your corporate yeah, lords and move on to the next job. You can write good jokes. Like, that's an option. Sure. It is. I, I could write Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's just, uh, I'd kind of write it and go, this is bad. And I'd burn it. <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn didn't have to. He just made that's it. The, that's, that's the difference between me and him. And I said it here first. I mean, so, yeah. it's always been my opinion. First draft, best draft. Um, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the next thing is Invincible premiered up on Amazon Prime. And I've watched all three episodes. Brian, you've watched two, three? I've watched all three. You've watched yep. all three. And Kev's watched half of the first one. But I think we're, we're all fairly familiar with the comic. Yeah. Um, I was catching up with Grace and Frankie and then I watched Big Business that has <laughs> that has Bette Midler and the other one from Grace and Frankie. It's actually Jane a great Fonda kind of body swap. Um, no, the cool one. Oh, they're both she's, cool, but... she's in um, the West Wing. Fritterer. What's her name? I'm blanking on her name. Yeah, I, Jill, Jill, like it's like Jill Cullen or something or Cummins? No. No. <laughs> this is bad. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Lily yeah. Tomlin. All I watched Big Business. I watched Big Business with her. Brilliant movie. It's a good body it's a good body swap movie. I love a good body swap thing, you know, except this time it was trip twins that got switched. Big business. I've never seen it. I've seen it. Nineteen eighty eight. Great movie. Bet Midler. Where is it? Oh, on? it's brilliant. Is it prime or uh, Disney. Disney. Okay. I think it was Disney. I got Disney. I can check that shit out. So, uh, so I'll catch up on a great Sir Frankie, though, I promise. So, <laughs> I, I, I got issue one of Invincible in back end of 2003 or early 2004 from the, like, the unsold bin at Forbidden Planet. It had a big one euro written on it in red marker. Like, they were, anything they were trying to clear, they got a red marker and they wrote on it one euro uh, to just, like, devalue it and wow. get it off their shelves. Which, like, it, I have the thing somewhere, but it bothers me that they did that. Yeah, it's not cool. Um, but there was there was a two or three new image books in that sort of similar sort of tonal area of sort of kind of be um, clean, fresh, modern superhero stuff. And, like what I loved about Invincible is that it kind of managed to take the archetypal stuff that we know from 60 years of Marvel and DC and give us a version of it that is straight ahead you see that's and... exactly why I thought I'd like it and mm, and I same. didn't like it like I, I, I the show or the, the book, the book um, okay. I, didn't, I didn't read it until just a couple of years ago but when I kind of saw it, I literally had the exact same expectation. It's like they've taken all these characters that are analogous to all these existing characters, but they're free from the 60 or 70 years of messy continuity. Dead weight. And yeah. like any kind of outdated comic book ideas, you know, stuff that we kind of mm -hmm. 
stuff that's just dated. And it's like it can it can do all of those again, but with a kind of a kind of a modern sensibility, basically. And yeah, and every time I saw twist. like images from it, I was like, God, God, I really got to check that thing out. It looks it looks so good. And then when I read it, now I've only read the first book, but it was just a very very. It was still just a basic comic book thing and i know it's kind of book one so maybe it's just trying to rope an audience mm-hmm. in but it just it, when you say book one the trade like paperback first 10 issues or yeah something? whatever first like yeah. 10 issues um okay. and i just yeah just it it really i don't expect it to be vastly different but it's just like okay you've got free reign to kind of do whatever you want with these kind of your version of these existing characters and it just read like any other kind of yeah for me anyway at least so yeah yeah and well for for me it, it was like i can i can take your point and even though like i've read 15 years worth of the book at this point like i, I just bought the collecteds every year a year and a half and read them and enjoyed them in an afternoon um and i don't think it did anything groundbreaking but i just think because it felt like there was a very finite amount of this and it was going to come to an end yep that what happened kind of mattered or yep. was at least, you know, existent in that world. And yeah, and like I, I didn't need it to be groundbreaking yeah. necessarily. It was just the fact that I, I thought it would kind of, I thought it would just kind of hit a bit differently. But instead it was just like, it was still just, yeah. It it, it just didn't kind of, I, I suppose there was a version I was writing in my head, you know, what yeah. if I was to rewrite Superman, but... Um, instead Krypton isn't destroyed and they're actually this really kind of you know conquering warlike race and what would you do with that and you know the longer I didn't read it the longer I was writing this version in my head I guess and the version in my head was just you know I'm not saying I'd write that book I'm not not saying I'd write (laughs) the book better but there was a version in my head that I just kind of expected it would kind of exceed you know so James Gunn and Robert Kirkman, he's coming for yeah, both coming of for your, your jobs. jobs, guys. You're just not fucking doing it, you know. But no, um, yeah, like I said, you know, like obviously, if I thought it had a better idea, I'd be writing it. But I yeah. thought, you know, there's, there's an expectation in my head, and I thought, okay, well, that's what I've that's what I've got in my head, and this guy's going to do a much better version of it. And then when I was reading, it, I was just like, yes, just not what I was kind of expecting, you know. There's. There's some shit that we'll cut that fucking brain fart. There are some changes in the show that are um, they weren't a surprise, but I like I, I was like oh they did that and like that makes perfect sense. Like in the book, his first girlfriend Amber, it's just like another white girl, and she kind of gets fucked around a bit, and they've made Amber a black girl, and it kind of balances out some of the diversity stuff in the in the show a little more um his best friend but, makes a number of like 15 years ago they were i don't know not cool but like you got away with them kind of gay jokes and throughout the course of the book he comes out and it's like oh cool there's a little arc for the character but now he's just like let's just make him gay to begin with i don't know why we're doing this yeah shit so i like that they've they've taken a moment to look at the source material and go even though there's a lot of great stuff here what so far, what they've changed, I don't like. I don't hate. I don't dislike. Even they, yeah. I think they've made wise choices. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I so saw the Guardians of the Globes or Guardians of the Globe is um, in the book. They're like pretty much just all white people. Yeah. 
white men and stuff, you know. But then, when, like, when you look at the show, Nightwings, Black, Darkwing, oh, I thought it said Nightwing, Darkwing, um, War Woman, uh, Not White, uh, well, like, the Green the, Ghost the, the is a woman of, instead of a man. The intro of War Woman in the comic book is like. She's a lesbian, isn't she? It's, yeah. a, it's kind of lesbian fetishization. She wakes up in bed, kind of in a tight fitting t shirt with her girlfriend and goes off to whatever. Which is this, such a went. trope now as well. I'm, I'm glad they didn't go there. Exactly. Like, oh, tough woman's so got to be gay. They just went. <laughs> and let's fetishize <laughs> so it. They, too. So they went. Um, it looked like Frank Miller. In the, in the book, is drawn like Frank Miller, I think. Yeah. Um, so they went to more, um, you know, leaving her non profit charity to save the world, you know? Which again, it's cool. It's just looking at what was, you know, a fucking late twenties, early thirty-year-old writer in his bedroom in, like, he was in the middle of fucking America at that point, just writing fucking unread comic books, you know. So, it does need another lens on it to tight, tighten it up a bit. The thing I'm not mad about initially is Mark was never a dick in the books, and he's pretty kind of like he's got a couple of moments in this show like he threatens his mother in the first episode you know she she goes back in the house it's night and he just gets a look on his face and goes make me and i'm like whoa that's not mark that's that's a little wrong yeah he's he's a lovely fella he's a lovely kid in the book yeah he is at least raised, for as far as he's concerned he's raised by superman and is that guy he is the kid that was raised with the best heart mm-hmm. mm. so that moment was like woof that's a little off color for Mark. Why do you think they did that? I'm not sure. I mean, there's definitely been like, as you get way deeper into the books, there's a little like parallel dimension stuff where you see how a Viltrumite could go wrong or how a version of Mark could be immediately threatening. But this version of him isn't that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, they're being a bit more heavy-handed with Omni-Man as well. Like, he's kind of sketched through the first episode to the end. Like, that fight, and I'm sorry, Kev, but, like, you know where this is going at the end of this episode. We've already kind of discussed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess spoilers for anybody who is listening, but, like, that, that moment at the end of the episode is really... It's a little more flag or signposted in the show than it was in the comic book. He is the sweetest nicest superhero guy I, and then you're like holy fuck i guess they they know the comic's been out long enough so kind of why rather than kind of hide it you know introduce it quicker and then then you've got that kind of mystery angle where you know he's under suspicion and they're trying to you've yeah, got I, that story then where they're trying to solve it because i guess they're probably assuming that the book has been out so long that maybe they can't hide it hide it as well but I think as well, like it's good. It's good that they kind of get it done at the end of the first episode, as opposed to doing it at the end of the last episode. Could you imagine if the whole season was building up to oh, Iron Man's twist and being real? Because that's that's a route they really could have taken and possibly even considered. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's good that they got re- they got that off off like and done and dusted in the first episode. I think I haven't watched it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I gotta give it to them though. Like guts of hour long episodes, forty minute episodes flying around mm. stuff is good and joyous you know it, it's got a real nice energy to it um, I'm enjoying the scale of it yeah looking forward to it I'll be honest I was comparing it to just in terms of a production level um, I was comparing it to the the new Netflix show as well and it's obviously like what's the new Netflix show uh, 
I believe I don't know how it's pronounced because it's it's a like a I know it's a big game in kind of the world of esports and stuff. I think it's called Dota. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, which I think stands for Drag Dawn of the Ancients or something like that, but everybody just calls it Dota. Dota. Yeah. It's a mod of another game. The show is um Dragon's Blood and it's by Studio Mir and like the production of it is just gorgeous. So I was kind of watching the two comparing the kind of production and there's this kind of I don't know like what software and stuff they're using but I've kind of noticed in the last couple of years western cartoons particularly like bigger productions where the art where the like animation kind of has to match the style of the books they don't look as sharp as they could mm-hmm. and there's something about something about just even like the the kind of line quality for like something of invincible it just looks very it's too graphic i don't really know that like the something like the the kind of line quality of it is just very very thin and it looks very something about it looks a bit cheap in, in invincible in places yeah the open the opening it, scene where the road's cracking and it's like kind of like you know coming apart and stuff it's so like a late 90s early 2000s cartoon like it definitely the, yeah. the animation is a little it feels cheap. like x-men evolution a little yeah bit. it is definitely a bit yeah. cheap and that's that's the thing like i've noticed I think there was a point where I remember watching, I think it was a Crisis on Infinite Earths. It was one of like the DC kind of animated movies, Mm -hmm. like the 50 minute long ones. And it's superb. And like the action in it is solid and the character design by, I think it's Phil Barassa and it's just lovely, lovely stuff. But he did the designs then on Young Justice, which I also thought was fantastic. Um, Really kind of nice really nice animation kind of really nice production but from that point onwards his style is kind of really pushed towards being more anime oriented Mm -hmm. at least it looks like and it's this kind of hybrid now of kind of western and eastern styles and it just doesn't work and i don't know then if they're maybe not spending enough kind of money on the production but if you look at things like justice league war and stuff like that it just the designs don't translate as well to animation. I think they make like nice looking model sheets and stuff like that, but in the show and like there, there was an there was a show with Aquaman and there was another pretty much everything they've released in the, in the years since looks bad. And there's one particularly or two when, that I've looked at where I I I don't know this to be true, but I get the sense that they're trying to move to a sort of rigged animation system. Yeah, there's 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 something changing in the way that they're executing these things because up yeah. until recently they've been very much hand drawn, but there was a, a Superman one I saw recently and I was looking at it and going that is an object rather than a series and of drawings. drawings yeah, know? like I, I know I know the you know I know the system. And like when you compare it to Justice League Unlimited, which again was just superb, and I I think I think in Western comics those kind of designs like the stuff that's closer to Bruce Tim mm-hmm, translate mm-hmm. really well translate really well to animation but then the closer for western for cartoons based on like western kind of comic style the further they get from a stylized thing like Bruce Tim and closer to looking like the comics it doesn't animate as well i think and especially if you compare like two two productions that have come out at the same time you've got Dragon's Blood and Invincible and Dragon's Blood just looks like it's impeccable. It's 
gorgeous looking. I, I've watched it a couple of times and just kind of background, so I'm not even really sure the plot, whether the plot's kind of good and things like that, but just production-wise, it's, it's on the another thing, level. The thing I'll say in defense of Invincible on that front is I was watching it and thinking how... I think Corey Walker is involved I don't know in to what degree as like art director on the show but he was the original artist on the first half dozen issues and it's it's bang on his style yeah, I'm delighted yeah. it is yeah bang I'm on. so happy it is yeah and like but that's what I'm saying that there, there are shots in it where well, it feels like we'll get to see the Corey Walker version of Invincible as opposed to the Ryan Otley version where he did 100 issues after the fact and I love Ryan Otley stuff as well but he he gets down a nineties yeah. cross hatch over render yeah. rabbit hole that Corey doesn't, and both are have their merits. But I love Corey. Yeah, I'm mad about Corey stuff all day. Yeah, I th- I think it's just something I noticed. There's more of a tradition of it, I guess, in um, you know anime and things like that. There is so many anime that are based on manga. And the character designs, they just have more practice of, you know, designing a bunch of characters that are still very faithful to the manga artists Mm -hmm. character designs. And you kind of forget that sometimes, like if you compare the if you're reading the comic and you're comparing it to the show and you kind of you it's only when you're looking really closely, you, you notice these tweaks they've made to the design to lend itself much better to the animation. But it's the kind of thing you only really notice when you're kind of looking closely. It's like, oh yeah, they actually they change this so that that works better when they're when it's moving and stuff like that. And I think that's something that just Western animation is kind of less practiced at because it's there's been less cartoon adaptations of of comics when you compare it to you know manga and anime. Well, I think we need to just watch on and see how far they go with this like I, I definitely was watching it and I was like okay Amazon just just fucking stick the money to make nine seasons of this in a bank somewhere and walk away and don't think about it again just stick the budget there you have the money walk like away like they did with Lord of the man. Rings <laughs> yeah just stick the money aside leave it the fuck alone and just let them do it and because like I I I would hate to think they get to like series five and they're like can we get a cheaper studio or can we get a, you know, can we wrap this up in one season now? Yeah, it'll all depend on whether it gets an audience, I suppose. So Yeah. Hopefully it finds an audience. Hopefully it picks up some of that boys' traffic. Falcon and Winter Soldier, then. I wrote my thoughts down. I feel like I can take, articulate my feelings better when I do that. Okay. Tell us how it made you feel. <laughs> I said, do, do Cap, not a douche. And then it was, how tall is he? He should have gotten a haircut, freeloading hippie. Haircut actually looks okay. He's a douchebag, but he's got guts though. Uh, the big tree yard thing. Bucky has the coolest costume. Why did Bucky... Oh, let's walk back a wee bit. Okay. <laughs> let's go Let's go the opening sequence, okay? Yeah, I think... Um... I was happy to see that John Walker wasn't immediately a douchebag. Yes. That's important, I think. Yeah. That that he is coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. Even if... Sounds like I'm about to say something, Brian. I was just wondering, is it just me or is it deliberate? But did the opening scene of the first two episodes so far remind you of like 
a funeral. Or have kind of funeral vibes to it. So like the in the first scene, scene of the first two. Yeah, yeah. Of the first two. So like in the first one, Falcons. Sam's getting ready for something and it looks like I don't know. My mind's just jumped to funeral, funeral or something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's ironing. It's very then, somber. Yeah, and then the second one is John Walker. He's opening the bag for his suit, mm. but it's a very, very close up, and it looks like it just straight away like it reminded me of a body bag or something. You know, is that deliberate or or did you pick up on that at all? My mind went there straight away. I'm I'm trying to remember. Are the first are the first shots in such a way that they're disconnected from the scene that like so that close up of the of the bag yeah. when it cuts to a wide is the suggestion that that's a different scene we're seeing from a different place not that it's a different scene but it's just that it's it's on it long enough and he's opening it slowly and like so all you can kind of see is is black black bag with a zip and then you see the the suit inside it but it's slow until it cuts then to the wide that you're kind of going Okay, this is actually I'm not sure because he's walking across the the lockers, so it could even look like maybe a slightly different scene. I'm not sure. But the first one, it, it's Sam earning a shirt, and you know, that would be interesting if we got to the end of six. Yeah, it's just it, 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 I, I thought that I, I thought it opened with the the big flight scene. It it opens it with Falcon originally ironing a suit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, as soon as I saw that bag, I was like, is that a, are they? Are they opening like a body bag and, you know, straight away it's like, is somebody wearing that suit or is it, is it just hanging on? Yeah. But I, I don't know if that was deliberate, but the fact that it's two in a row, I just, I don't mm. know. We, I guess we'll see on the next one <laughs> if, uh, if they're still hitting. The puppet Brian has spoken. I think it was like, like we said the last day, um, Bucky's reaction is kind of where I thought it would be with like, yeah. you should never have given up that fucking shield. This isn't what Steve wanted. Even if the guy is a good dude, you're not Steve. Yeah. And I liked his line as well about, you know, he chose you. And if he's wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. That was kind of was a good line too. I was, I was kind of bristling a bit with the like, the back and forth banter they were having when they were going off onto that mission. You know, I was just a little bit of like, I guess I got so used to Winter Soldier Bucky that I forgot about First Avenger Bucky that was, you know, kind of charming and, yeah. and chatty. Do you know what I mean? So I was bristling a bit at it and then I went, oh no, wait, he kind of had this like, don't do anything stupid. I can't, you're taking all the stupid with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I forgot about that stuff and it took me a minute to kind of go, well, maybe it is. He's just a bit more back to James Bucky Buchanan, you know? So I gave it a little more tolerance. I thought it played out better in the episode as well than it did in the trailers. In the trailers, it looked kind of, it looked like that same problem I have with guns, kind of, you know, banter. But in the episode, it, it played out a lot better, I think. And so did the the kind of couples therapy scene that looked forced in the trailer, but it, it was much, I was laughing at it in the, in the actual scene, you know. And I think, mm. I don't know if it was necessarily, I wouldn't say improv, but I felt like they were having... A bit of fun with it, particularly when they were like pushing the the chairs closer together. And he said something about like his his thighs. And I noticed I've I've, I've definitely seen an interview with Mackie before where he says something about uh, Sebastian Stan's thighs, and then he made a joke about it in the scene. He was like, you know, you're the one with the bigger legs or whatever. So <laughs> it felt a bit. It felt like it was the two of them just like 
Having a bit of crack. Having a bit of crack. Yeah, exactly. Somebody I know referred to Anthony Mackie as like discount Will Smith. Oh. And I thought that was a bit harsh, but then I, I, do, I guess I don't know Mackie from a lot of things. And then I just saw that and I'm like, I wish they both wind back the banter a little bit. Yeah, I, I've always liked him. I'm trying to remember the first. I, I remember one of the first things I saw him on was a late night talk show. And he was just a lot of fun. And I think it was after he had done Adjustment Bureau. So he was doing an interview for that before I'd seen the film, which terrible film. That was, was that the, was that the Ben Affleck one or something? Or? <laughs> but uh, I remember seeing him. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Awful film. But I remember seeing an interview. I think it was promoting that. And obviously I hadn't seen the film yet, but um, just liking him from that point. Um so I do think that's a bit unfair to kind of. No, I don't. I don't think of him like that at all. I like him. Smith. I I I didn't like. I didn't like the dark. Um, I didn't like the Black Mirror episode with him. Uh, but I don't think that's. I don't think that's necessarily uh, anything on him. I just. I but I just. I just don't think I really like Black Mirror. Like I, I hate one of the reasons why I hate the guy who played. Um, You're too sensitive, Russell. Yeah, because of all the bloody screaming in the episode, I hated. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You, but you, Russell, the guy who plays the Witch Soldier, Kurt Russell's son or whatever, he, uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell, isn't it? He, um, he looks like the hockey player. He is, no, it is, he is the hockey player. Is he the hockey player? He's Kurt Russell's son and a hockey player. Yeah. No way. I'm pretty Perfect. sure he is. I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they look very like, but when I, heard, when I heard of him first, I just heard that he was a hockey player. Nobody Me too. It. I only heard he's he Kurt Russell's son like, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Ah, okay. Right. Fair enough pretty sure he's a hockey player but um, I was going to say yeah I saw the episode of him in Black Mirror and I hate it but then I just might just you know Black Mirror was good for a while and this his is not acting the- has also improved since that yeah. episode if that is him if that is him it is, which I'm I mean they do look like they, they look very like I assumed it was him yeah um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is but he's, um, he's bad in that episode but I liked the episode but anyway. oh, no. I hate it. <laughs> um, I like but I, sorry go on Brian no I just kind of liked I liked what they were trying to do in the episode it's not the strongest but yeah he's not great in it unfortunately i think it could have been so much better but yeah go on go ahead but um no i was just gonna say i know like yeah i like i like anthony mackie i think he's good and um, i like the, the different things that i can't think of now <laughs> avengers he was good in avengers <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that that is, that is him in black mirror yeah yeah, I was thinking it was. Yeah, to be honest, he won me over in Overlord. He's actually not. He's like it's like I've seen him in so many things and I didn't like him. He's even in This Is Forty with um, Paul Rudd, and I think he kind of plays himself in that movie. To be honest, but um, but like I didn't really like him. But then I watched Overlord and uh, I was just like, oh yeah, like kind of he he was fair, like decent enough for that. And I actually I didn't even know it was him in uh, Winter Soldier until like after I actually watched the episode. But it, it's funny that like. Once I decided, once I decided he wasn't a douche, because I thought I thought they were just going to play him straight out asshole. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, once I decided, oh, that's not what they're going for. Then I started looking at his head, going, it is a bit like a fucked up Chris Evans. Like it does look like he took Chris Evans and just like, like he's made it a clay and he just squeezed him just a little bit and more like, chin. He's just more forehead. More, he's more just chin. a bit off. It's just a bit off, and that's kind of like, yeah, he is just a bit off Captain America. Um, and then it's, if we get into the sort of flag smasher stuff where the guys have the super soldier serum, where they've got something running through their veins, and they threw out the word power broker when they were running away, 
Yeah. And that character is the one that gave John Walker superpowers in the comic books. He also makes Torres the Falcon as well. Torres. Torres is the guy from the first episode that's with uh, the Falcon while the Falcon is repairing Red Ring. And he's the guy who records Flag Smasher, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Power Broker gives him powers in the comics as well. Okay. So I think we're like. We're starting to see, I guess, where Walker's going to, I guess, run up against his limitations as a standard human. Even if he is the better, the, the, the most advanced end of human you can get. Is he definitely a standard I human, mean, though? Throwing that shield around is a little fucked up. That is, I mean, I assumed he's standard, but he's... Well, that's what I'm saying. They they like, they, to they, they, yeah, they, they haven't exactly, but... The fact, you know, I guess we're moving on to the kind of topic then of Isaiah Bradley. The fact that they have had super soldiers mm-hmm. after Steve Rogers. Um, so, was Bradley... My remembering of the book was that Bradley was um, pre-Rogers. I thought it, I thought it was, but um, I don't think it was actually. But anyway, in, in the show anyway, it's after. Yeah, I thought but, he was like okay. late 1800s, early 1900s. No, no, it, no. No, I, th- I thought it was definitely like in the lead up to giving it to a white guy was in it? World War Two. Yeah, it was definitely like guinea pigged and like. Yeah, I think in the comics it might actually be after as well, but for the purposes, really? yeah, I, I thought it was before, okay. but I, I think it might be after. I think it's in Roger's absence then after World War Two that that's when it was happening because they're trying to recreate okay. it. I think, but that that's what it is anyway for the the purpose of the the show. So it would suggest someone out there has I mean we knew that anyway because they were making more winter soldiers um, yeah but but they did that by stealing the serum off of Howard Stark yeah but at the same time presumably yeah um, they, yeah like they gave it to to those guys but he did say that you know your people you know tested me while I was in prison and stuff and Sam yeah. says he meant Hydra by that you know um, but yeah, there, there's a little look that when when they're walking down the road and the guys are in the the kind of army vehicle telling him to kind of hop in and get a get a ride to the airport, they kind of share a look when he says super soldiers, and it's just kind of like a little, little eyebrow raise, and I think it could be interpreted two ways. Wait, who who had a an eyebrow well, raise? Well, I think either Walker or Hoskins says, oh, you know, the big three. And then I think Bucky or Sam corrects him and says it's it's not any of those three. It's it's super soldiers. And then Walker looks at his partner and kind of does a little eyebrow raise as if to say, oh, wow, you know, super soldiers. And it's could be interpreted two ways. He's kind of like, is he saying, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that? Or was he is he kind of giving him a little knowing look, kind of saying, yeah, we know that because we've got the same kind of thing running through us potentially. Watch it again, and I think you could interpret it two ways. I think initially you're kind of going, "Oh, they don't know," um, because we haven't seen him definitely demonstrate strength, you know. But at the same time, he he he. Yeah. Well, like throwing that shield. And I guess when you think about I'm, it, he he. I'm surprised to see he held up better than an actual super soldier and Sam, and all he had presumably was a shield 
you know, is that the only difference? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that he's actually enhanced in some way. Yeah. Already an augment. Enhanced, enhanced on the field. Or it's got definitely going yeah. to be, anyways, yeah. you know. And Battlestar? Don't know much about him from the comics. I know he's I know he's in the comics, that's about it. <laughs> I mean he's he's he called himself Battlestar, didn't he? He was, he he was did, Bucky yeah. in the books. Like they called him Bucky for a while. It was an acronym though, wasn't it? Bucky it was um No way. Yeah. It was it was an acronym for something, I think. Really? Yeah. But it, it's interesting to see um John Walker's Captain America then in a sort of like light next to something like Homelander. Yes, yeah. Because I am looking at him going, you know, especially when he's bailing them out of the police station and he's got that like, oh, we're old friends, you know, like kind of PR charm thing going with this sort of undercurrent of, you know, government wet work. You know, I've I've fucking killed a bunch of people. Uh, he, He did go by Bucky but he was also a bold urban commando. <laughs> this, this goes back to comic books being able to shed the weight of their fucking continuity. Um, I don't know what book he stood for, but... Um, a bold urban commando. Yes. Yes. That's oh, that's what it was. Sorry, that's awful. Yeah, so, so I just said he was a bold urban <laughs> commando, and I was just like, "All right, a BUC." Yeah, awful. Um, yeah, he, he did have uh, kind of Homelander vibes in the police station. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's such a. And then to tell him at the end to like you know stay out of their way if they weren't going to team up, and he said it with a serious edge, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the. It is curious to see. Again, it's my assumptions of military, like the, that. You know, to get to that high-end operator class of fucking soldier that's sent in to do all of this sort of stuff, I presume balance and mission focus, and then to layer on top of that the expectations of the public relations end of the job. I'm curious to see what the instigating factor is for because he's going to well I don't know I mean maybe it's our assumption that he's going to go wrong you know we, we've assumed just based on the path of the comics that he goes a bit over the fucking top and yeah. brought back but by the end of his arc in the comics you know he's an effective positive superhero in so, I mean, yeah and like in the comics well when he first arrives isn't it that um he fakes a lot of situations to make himself look like right. a hero. So are yeah, these pro- maybe pro- even... these stunts and stuff. Yeah, so like, could these even be false flag type events to make him look like a hero? Is that the angle they're going to take with it? Right. Potentially. Yeah. In the trailers... In, See, in... If we take sincerely the... Go ahead. If we take if we take sincerely the idea that like he's in that locker room, very sincerely intent on not letting anybody down, to be faking it like that could drive him to faking the situation so it looks like he's succeeding, or if he's confronted with the notion that 
shield or sword or somebody's been faking situations to make him look good for PR, yeah exactly he'll he'll rebel against that you know mm-hmm. i do think there's going to be kind of like a uh, like a bit of a redemption storyline like surely he at the end by the end of it he's kind of going to be on the side of bucky and falcon and probably going to give falcon the actual shield you know what i mean or bucky the shield well, we, but, or we've seen in the trailers that sam is practicing with the shield, the shield so mm, does he okay. does, does walk okay does no, something happen to walker or does he give it to him you know and like they it, it was at yeah. the center of, it was in the first trailer like sam is practicing at his house um so i'd be disappointed if it resolved itself that quickly in six episodes that like walker was like i can't do this here's a shield i i would be happier to see a longer plan or a longer game run out where walker is like I'm absolutely Captain America, even if you've taken the shield from me, and I'm going off, and I'm out in the world. As I just don't, I'm, I just don't want it to tie up with a bow. I want him to go off and be. If he has to be redeemed, let's redeem him over time. Here, six episodes isn't a lot, you know. Mm. Yeah, but then where, a lot of, where is a lot it going to happen? For, is it going to happen in the second season, or is it probably not going to happen in the movies? I mean, that's for them to plan. I'm just telling what I'd like. like I don't. I, I, yeah, but what, what I mean is, I is enough room for what I mean character. is, they've got a plan for the next two or three years, and I don't see yeah. where he fits in it. Like we know what their plan for the next three years right. is, and I don't see where he'd fit on in, you know, unless there's a second season, which this could potentially do. I couldn't really see Wanda getting a second season, nor does it really need one. But this show could have a second season, maybe. But well, we say that, but like. I'm just looking at like what's sort of upcoming. We we say that, but like, you know, Civil War is a Captain America movie, and we saw every fucking hero in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Once but, we get to know, but what Tom I mean Walker is, is just enough, can... knowing like there's Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Shang Chi, Eternals. I don't see where he'd fit. What if in those? Um, well, that's animated, so oh, I can't see them doing it through there. Um, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, Hawkeye is that a live action? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely in the sort of shieldy world of things. Yeah, there's, um, there's this a secret invasion one movie with Samuel L. Jackson as well, so maybe potentially in there. Yeah, I don't know. You, you can get a lot done in 40 minutes as well. Sure. Sam getting the shield and committing to be trying to be the cap that's, that um, Steve wanted would be where I would like this to go. But I don't necessarily know that I want John Walker to be closed out. I want him to be maybe disillusioned with what was asked of him or yep. what people tried to make him. But I would like to see him still out there trying to be what he thinks he is or has worked towards or could be. You know, he said, I've done the work. Mm-hmm. Like, almost like, I do deserve this. Mm-hmm. I've done the work. Mm-hmm. And if he feels he deserves this, I don't know, I don't necessarily... Begrudge him it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there is a... In the last two episodes, there is definitely a therapy theme. This is a guy who's got a lot of weight put on him as well. And we know, as comic book nerds, that, you know, Walker has a has a path through chaos to the point where he's an Avenger, you know? Whether or not they do that in the show. 
Yeah, but like he's a he's a big enough actor though as well. I know it sounds stupid, but he's a big enough actor to kind of transcend TV to movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wouldn't necessarily write him write him out of the possibility of featuring it in some movie in some capacity at some stage. You know, he he he's a big enough star. Like, yeah, that that have to be enough of a reason to bring him back, whether mm. he's virtuous enough by the end or villainous enough. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. To warrant people to warrant people kind of getting excited to see him. Yeah, pop up somewhere else. And we got to remember that we're going to see Zemo next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we saw him at the end of this yeah. episode. So there's there's Brule to come into this. That that last couple of shots, not good. You know, I like they they gave us the information, but like the I I went back and watched them again. I remember thinking that's a really janky cut from one shot to the next. Like even like there's a little like. Like there's a stage line cross from establishing where he is in the cell to that close up of his face and the look, look, looking up. Mm. You know, I know what they were trying to do, but it didn't work. Mm. In my opinion, I, I know it, I'm. I, I think stage really, really, really stage line crosses are only really bad in kind of dialogue heavy scenes or like when there's choreography playing out. I don't think it was the worst rule to break. I, I, I kind of. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but like when you've got like a very very short sequence like that, where you've just kind of got three shots of like cell a little closer, a little chin close up in the face, it's like you could have just kept this consistent. Um, and the the light changes quite a lot in that close up. Mm. So it's it's I'm really really fucking nitpicking. I thought the um, sorry, I was gonna say I thought on top of the trucks that fight scene on top of the trucks didn't look great. It didn't look great. No, no, no. it looked rough. Um, this thing I don't get like, of it. like Sorry, if if you don't have the time for the effects make the sequence shorter like I, I, I don't get it was the same in Justice League where there's these big sequences playing out and it's like these shots aren't finished so cut it <laughs> like mm. choreograph a shorter scene like it didn't need to be that long they could have like he could have mm. been kicked off it could have been kicked out the back of one truck and then have walker show up straight away and have that play out much faster he doesn't need to be hanging underneath it and for sam to have to like go under and get him out and for the fight to still be going on top of the thing and there's so many exchanges going on it's just like that shot doesn't look good doesn't it's yeah. not essential it, it 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 doesn't add to the, the scene the, and the guy with wings didn't fly back to the fight yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. I couldn't understand. I didn't really understand that one as well either, to be fair. Like, Bucky was hanging off the bottom of it and then was like trying to put his hand in the road. It was just kind of like, like, what do you, like, what do yeah. they hope? Like, is he meant to like try and, like, he's not going to stop the truck, you know? And if he, if he does do it, just, just do it. I know that sounds stupid, but just, just do it. Uh, but the, the scenes were like, well, like, don't get me wrong. I liked the scene and I thought when John Walker's arrived and stuff, it was, it was awesome. Uh, like, you know, he was like just kicking ass shorter. and stuff. But and, yeah, and have the shots shorter. that you have, you've got more time then to or just, polish or just the don't, shots you're using, you know. And but just don't put it on a truck, though. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, there, there's there's a couple of like, um, and we are really fucking nitpicking, but like, all that scene told us was the flag smashers have stolen some stuff, and John Walker's out there as Captain America. The next scene when the flag smashers stick stuff on a plane and a guy just runs mm-hmm. into some gunfire. Oh God! And they fly away. That was, there was no point to that. That was shocking. that was literally my notes. Um, just have them fly away. Um, when Bucky, I 
feel like such a shithead just shitting on stuff now. Two trucks leaving in convoy. He goes to the first one. He ran around. Yeah, don't get it. And in front of the driver yeah. of the second truck. Yeah, that's in my notes as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that, that's the thing. Yeah, like they, I didn't get that at all. He's going to the truck that she's in and they needed a truck behind him for when he gets punched out. That's why. And it just, it makes no sense. But that's why it. Yeah, I yeah. know. I, I, I know that's what I mean. But like that, that, but it, like. I thought it was in the back truck. I thought she was in the back truck from the like the taking off thing. Yeah, yeah. Like what, while we're nitpicking yeah, though, like, watching. I don't. I don't know if you've watched it that far, Kev. But the alien invasion in Invincible, and these guys show up three times for a ground assault, and it's like they've got technology. Yeah. Like their timeline moves faster on their dimension or planet, and they've got technology to open up portals mm-hmm. for a ground assault. And they come to the same, same place, place with mm. tanks. It's like, do these guys not have fucking bomber jets equivalent? And like, wouldn't change the scene. It would just make more sense. But like, they keep coming back with the same tactic. And it's like, this is dumb. This is, this is bad. Like, um, it, it seems like a nitpick. But at the same, t- at the same time, I did notice my attention was kind of going. <sighs> What's happening? You know? Um, makes no sense. It it's it, yeah. I mean, it, that's kind of just like a funny. I'd forgive Falcon and Winter Soldier for the the truck thing much faster that because they they need him to get kicked out and they needed the truck behind him and they were like, look, this is fucking do this. But it. But if he had got kicked out of the back of the truck and John Walker had caught him. Helicopter. That would be harder to do. <laughs> How that would be harder to do. Off. It would be harder to do, but, but well, like, I, I'm just well, saying, I, I'd, I'd, forgi- I'd forgive Walker them a lot faster him, you know? than I'd forgive uh, basically half an episode to these aliens who've got advanced enough technology to open portals. And I'd like yeah. this thing, like even in the Avengers, first Avengers movie. They make a case for why Loki needs to open the portal where he does. He wants to make a scene or whatever. What was stopping them from opening a portal in the Pentagon or something? Um, like it's just—it's stupid. It's so much dumber. It really is. And animation is happening on a you know a longer schedule as well. You know, like, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I just have a, I have a lot of affection for that book, so I'm gonna like without basis defend fucking thing and just go no it's fine leave it alone shut up yeah but like why 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 did that one guy you know age a little bit and then stop aging and then the rest of them age to the point where they died i don't think they did that yeah we're not talking about the comic we're talking about we're talking about the tv show i don't know why they did that in the show it's stupid yeah it's stupid i don't know why they did that in the show yeah but yeah no on, on the subject of nitpicking basically you know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but on the subject of nitpicking, um, and again, Kev, I know you're just watching it, but they have decided that their approach for the opening credits of Invincible is just for the character to say not working as well not as they think at all. So somebody goes, "I guess it turns out I'm," and then it'll cut to the thing on screen, and it'll just say the word "invincible." Mm. So the word "invincible" has to sort of like flow into the camera. naturally appear in a conversation, and then. A character is about to say it, and then it smashes to Ugh. the title card, and it doesn't, doesn't work, work at all. It doesn't work the first, second, or third time they did it, and I hope to God they stop. Yeah, 
don't ask Conan. <laughs> it's but it's such a tiny nitpick, you know. You know that like there's some editor that's like invincible. Okay, it works. You know, like mm. the rhythm in his head works, and it doesn't work. When do we think? Uh, when and how do we think Isaiah Bradley will be back? His, they no, gotta isn't back. they got to bring him back? The grandson, yeah, Patriot, isn't he? Yeah, but I just mean in terms of the the story of the show. How do you think he's got to come back? Um, just how do you think? think I think he's probably they're probably getting in some situation where, yeah, maybe I think the the grandson will kind of like Isaiah is going to be too old, but the grandson will kind of step in, you know? Because isn't there isn't there something in the comics where it's like um. It kind of gets watered down as it passes through your genetics. I don't know. Don't think so. I I think it's going to be more a case of you have a character in Isaiah Bradley who, like Sam, was put into the world as a Captain America and had to live with that expectation, even if he was put on further. Mm. You know, um, especially if they're saying it's post Steve that he was given the superpowers and sent off to Korea and Vietnam or wherever else he might have been in rolled out. I think that's that's where Isaiah's going to come up. Sam's going to have that sort of come into come into Jesus moment and have a conversation with Isaiah about what the weight of being this symbol is and can you bear it? And... But he he ended up in prison yeah. for it though. Yeah. Is the thing. But that's you've so got the black. you've got the first black Captain America to say to the next black Captain America. Here's what this entails. Here's what you have to do. Here's the tr- like. Oh yeah, but I mean, just in terms of the story, what do you think is going to bring it back around? Like, is is Sam going to go back to him by himself? Is it because is it because there's an escalation with the power broker, or is it because Bucky's out of action for some reason that he needs to go to him? Like, how how just predictions? What what do you see? How do you see? I see, I I, I see Bucky. I see more Bucky going to him than Sam going to him. The thing is, I don't know how they got to him in the first place Bucky just went oh they've got superpowers there's a guy we need to talk to and it's like but you've seen people with superpowers a lot how did you make the leap that you need to go and see Isaiah Bradley and get nothing out of the scene other than just showing Sam that there's somebody out there well just just the fact that there's more more super soldiers like the only super soldiers he's told him about that point were the winter soldiers the other winter mm-hmm. soldiers yeah so it is it is a pretty big secret yeah yeah and like he's... so it makes sense for him to to tell him then at that point because he said he, he felt he felt like he'd been through enough, so he was leaving him out of it. But now it's it's quite relevant because you, you, you think know, that's just had a conversation with the relevant thing there is that Bucky felt he needed to let Isaiah know that there was stuff out in the world, probably based off of his blood. More to let Sam know that they're like that, you know, they've just gone up against a bunch of super soldiers, and Sam is like, "How?" And he's like, "Well, you know, there's not just the Winter Soldiers." Like me, there was also this stuff back on the American, American soil, home turf. Yeah, yeah, and I think, um, I think, uh, no, I was going to say something there. I think, uh, oh, I don't know, can't remember. Sorry, guys. You were saying Bucky goes back to him, maybe? Or yeah, Bucky goes back to him. Uh, but does Zemo go looking for him, or do we find out that, like, say you've got a food stamps no money left to rot isaiah bradley who needs money and starts trans started selling his blood to hydra or the flag smashers or the power broker so that brings him back into no it. i don't i don't think so i don't think like he no, no. he's he no. he wouldn't do that consciously you know what i mean like i think yeah no 
Because he is, at the end of the day, he is still super powered. He could potentially. Is it the is it the grandson? I think the grandson's going to be into because we have we have Wiccan and Speed or whatever from. Uh, mm-hmm. One division, and they're young Avengers, and I think the Patriot is a young Avenger Wait, as well. Wait, who have we got? Yep, Wiccan, isn't it? Wiccan and Speed, Speedy, Wiccan and Speed, Speed, Speed. Yeah, uh, One Division, One Avengers, One Division. Yeah. But they yeah. cease to exist, they're, right? Yeah, but they're they're introduced like they're out there, and you hear them talking at the end of the episode. She, they're asking her for help. Did I miss that? Where is that? So at the very end of the last when episode, she's, where she's in the cabin, they're asking her for. I have to go back and watch that. I didn't hear that at all. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. and weren't they seen uh, filming in London on the set of one of the other movies or like, but wherever, like maybe it's like uh, Doctor Strange. I for didn't example. hear about that, but I heard something like that. Okay, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't introduce them out. Particularly when you've introduced like Scott Lang's, and you've got Kate Bishop, mm. and you've got Patriot now, so you've got one, two, three, five mm. already. The ginger woman, who is the flag smasher, she doesn't seem very convinced convinced by the actual cause herself, though, does she? No, no she seems like it's more like for like she's doing it for other reasons or something that she's conflicted. I think she maybe is conflicted because she stole that stuff from the power broker mm. and okay. her cause is yeah exactly yeah and it's already at you know we see at the end it's having more violent repercussions than she maybe hoped yeah but we'll see yeah but that was such a that was such a disappointing scene like you run ahead yeah. I'm gonna hold I'm gonna them off and I was just a, like oh yeah I'm cool push down a, a pole and that's it yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he just gets gunned down. It's the most frustrating like, thing. He, he, he could have like used a, a car door as a shield or something. and Yeah. Oh, just, anything. Could have yeah. run into that building to the right of Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Pick, pick them off one at a time. Yeah. Like, I gotta put, I gotta put this mask on to protect my face and then just leave the rest of my body completely open where the mask gets basically shut off. Drop the lamppost, run off into the darkness off to the side, loop around behind them. Like... Mm-hmm. You're I very, mean, but what, you're very fast. that's it. Like you're very fast. we just saw him take out like Sam, Bucky, Walker, mm. and Hoskins, but a couple of guys with a and Walker had yeah, a, and Walker had a gun and a shield. It was like, but a couple of guys yeah. with a, a couple of guys with assault rifles, no match for them. Like, yeah, I know it's so stupid. Yeah. It's why they do that. I hate, I hate that, that. You stuff know, too, yeah, like, it just it, it seems like a nitpick, but it it just breaks the the show's internal logic and it breaks the story. Yes, you know? yeah. Yeah, it just takes you out of it, you know, because like you're watching it and you're just kind of like, like the the, ne- the next time Sam and Bucky go up against them, they just need a couple of rifles, you know. It's like why why are they yeah, fist exactly. fighting a them? A little like, distance, uh, yeah, and a couple of rifles. It's just stupid. And the, the Winter Soldier so well as he had that shield, you know. Yeah, the Winter Soldier has a rifle in the book, so there you go, bring it back. Yeah, you know? I mean it's his main weapon, but, um, other than his uh, his arm is. Every scene we've seen him in the films, just... he's got a fucking assault rifle <laughs> and a raccoon. And a raccoon, yeah. <laughs> So let's have a, just a quick look then. I've got a list of what's coming up. June, we've got Loki. I'm looking forward to that. July, Black yes. Widow. You're looking forward to it? Yeah. I, th- I think they yeah, can... 100%. I think it's another chance for them to do something a bit different like um, WandaVision. But it won't be kind of confined yeah. to the, the TV kind of 
thing, which again, format. I don't think WandaVision needed to do for more than an episode. You know, it's like, yeah, we get it now, and you can you can still work through the decades, but it doesn't need to be four or three for for two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and do you think then? I think it would be a less jarring transition as well to the real world if it's in the same format. Because people were saying, oh, I much prefer the kind of TV side of the things. And it's just like, that's because you're being told every time that uh, you're shifting to the other story now because the, the format's changing, you know. But The assertion that WandaVision was a sort of lead-in for the new Doctor Strange thing, do you think that that's going to tie into, do you think Loki's going to tie into that? Or do you think I, Loki's going to tie back into like Thor, Love and Thunder? Or I think... Loki's dead as far as we're concerned in the Avengers movies, right? <clears throat> well, no, he's alive because he? he he gets the Tesseract in Endgame and he splits off. I can't remember. So he, he dies in Infinity War, but then when they go to 2012 or whenever it was to get the other mm-hmm. Tesseract from the past, he mm-hmm. escapes with it. And then they have to go back to 1970s to get the Tesseract in the army base. But there's a version then of Loki that gets the Tesseract and splits off. So I think it'll... Because Cap will have gone back to the 70s army base, put the Tesseract back, it makes its way forward in time, gets involved in that Avengers shit, and he still gets it and disappears. Yeah, so... The, so actually... So, so, so essentially his story is a... It's an alternate version of him, so it does tie directly to a multiverse. The moment he gets that, the timeline splits... So that that ties directly to the kind of multiverse thing. So um, it's got to tie up with... I I think Doctor Strange is going to be their next kind of Civil War type movie in terms of how many other things it pulls in from. Yeah, so it's... And that's going to then presumably... You've got the multiverse and you've got Kang. So you've got the kind of multiverse in terms of people like Wanda and then you've got this multiverse in terms of timelines and stuff like that so will we see Kang as well maybe in in Loki because well, they, they've maybe, yeah. cast him Black already as well the, you know? Black Widow's mm. the next thing up then in July but I think you got to bear in mind that the expectation was that would have been out in 20 that would have been out before everything else yeah, yeah. so there's a I, I mean if I had to guess there's a chance that there's some suggestion of super soldier serums probably yeah in that timeline yeah. Yeah, um, should have right Guardian, isn't he? It's Russian super yeah, soldier. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that there's something there that feeds into your Isaiah Bradley and your Winter Soldier development stuff. Mm-hmm. And and just because it was a prequel, they could could be kinda of happy enough to let that go. You know, to shift back a few months or well to shift back a year at this point. Over a year. It was supposed to be out in mm. March or May last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Then Shang-Chi. I'm kind of skipping the What If series because that's What If. Shang-Chi is scheduled for September. Is that a series or a film? Film. 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 It's going to be their Mortal Kombat, basically. Oh, you think it's playing? Oh, definitely. It, it's a like it's a. It's a tournament. It's a, it's a fight film. Tournament fight film. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I am. I am in for that fucking Bloodsport <laughs> Game of Death fucking yeah. The yeah. Quest with Roger That's Moore so I watched The Quest with Roger yeah. Moore more yeah. than anyone should have it was directed yeah. by John I, that, I, that's exactly what it's going for and you know Enter the Dragon the quest. but the Quest is so good we're gonna have 
the Mandarin in, you know, the kind of Enter the Dragon role. Um, I can't remember the character's name. What was his oh name? my god, I, I'm... Yeah. I'm... Was he, was he just Han in Enter the Han, Dragon? I think, yeah. Yeah, so Han yeah. is going to be a Mandarin-type character in this. Um, yeah. And it's I'm going so to be happy. very much their, their, like, Mortal Kombat looks like fun. And that's essentially what they're going for with Shang-Chi. It's just going to be less... It's not going to be R-rated, but um, it's going to be their Mortal Kombat movie. It's going to be whether it'll be interdimensional like Mortal Kombat is or whether it's just going to be super-powered fight tournament. But that's that's what it is. That's interesting. I wonder if, the, like, because, well, in that case, well, like, I'm just, I'm supposing at this point, but, like, you you know those sort of fight films where it's, like, they bring in, like, a Brazilian capoeirista just to, like, you know, just show some capoeira, but then you don't really spend any time, then we move on. It's like, yeah, you definitely bring in somebody from Kunlun and you oh, yeah, yeah. Chip, chip in the hat to the... The Iron Fist thing. They've, they've got to bring in the Hand or Wolverine, maybe, or uh, Deadpool or something. You know, there's there's a lot of maybe they won't, but um, yeah, I think there's that, room to bring in. Yeah, there's room to touch on a lot of different fight. Yeah, um, fighty sects. Yeah, fighty sects. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of way more looking forward to that. Ha- having seen what Mortal Kombat looks like, it's like oh. So that you know, that's pretty much what they're trying to do in in their thing over here on the side of the Marvel universe. So, yeah, I'm more excited about that. So now. then, it, Eternals is November, mm-hmm. and again, that's that was scheduled for last November. So, yeah, if you had to guess, do you think there's anything in there that would, you know, that they've they've leapfrogged something that should have happened? Presumably, kind of order, you know, like. Like I mean, they're always setting stuff up, and that's that's been a winner for them is to set up mm. other movies. That's why people go, I got to see this to see what uh, to see yeah. what what they're teeing up. Um, so they have to. There's got to be something. It's it'd be silly of them not to. Um, a huge part of the the success of the formula is having those films leading to something else. It makes each one feel like you got to see. You got to see this because so you got to know how like, they're setting up something. So, so the question is: If I go and watch the Eternals now, does that set up WandaVision? You know, do we see her getting head? Yeah, up, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, do we do we meet the Sword Group? You know, is it that slightly? Or is it a mistake to set up a TV show for them? I think maybe keep the films kind of for the the films because. You you want people to want to watch the films, but you don't mm. want them to necessarily be as essential as the films because you're you're kind of splitting the audiences. If what works is make them want to see the films, it's the same mistake the comic book is making to kind of say you got to read this issue and this issue and this issue. There's a, there's a very fine line between saying you got to watch this to keep up and saying you got to watch everything to keep up. You know. That's a mistake the comics made, as you were saying, like last week. That read this issue to get the backstory on this, you know, a side conversation. They got to be careful about that balance. So I don't think the films are going to queue up the TV shows necessarily. I think it'll be the other way around. I think I don't know. Because then it's Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, and Spider Man. Now Spider Man's off in its own little mm-hmm. box, being Sony ish. Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are series? The Hawkeye yeah. is anyways. Yeah. And She-Hulk. Okay. So, 
but the, that's 2022 right? oh sorry you're talking about is but miss marvel and hawkeye aren't out this year they are yeah Haw- Haw- hawkeye is yeah is miss marvel I mean, out this year I, too i've got a thing that says late 2021 for both of them okay it, it says late 2021 okay and then december 2021 for spider-man i mean going from 2020 with nothing they i guess they're chock-a-block with 2021 yeah that's true yeah um which is great for us doing our recording. <laughs> and at an hour and 15, I think that's a good place to wrap up if anybody has any final thoughts. I think last week in the podcast, we said we were talking about like the multiverses and time travel and they haven't really done that before. What it did, because I was talking to my brother and he was like, no, because yeah, I think he listened to the podcast and then I was talking to my brother and he was like, oh no, they did. They did time travel. And I, I had forgotten about it. Maybe you guys, uh, I certainly forgot about it. I think we were talking about how time travel in the X-Men world annoys me because it, it creates these knots of threads that basically are are roadblocks and fucking landmines for anybody getting into the world of it. It just becomes this mess that you have to keep track of and invariably that they need to straighten out. And it is my sort of... It is a complaint I have for Infinity War and Endgame. I, I can't fault it. It fucking worked and, and that's grand, but it's just it's a dangerous thing to get into too much time travel yeah yeah of course it just creates narrative nuts yeah I know yeah figure out where the fuck Loki is yeah I mean if we really want to get into how the fuck did the Hulk get to that garbage part of the universe at the end of Age of Ultron like that's a wonderful deus ex machina his 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 atmosphere based (laughs) Quinjet just flew (laughs) to another his very earth based vehicle somehow got sucked off to a very <laughs> far away planet. Cosmic yeah. energy. Cosmic radiation. Not a lick of sense, but let's just fucking go with it, you know? Mm. Um, unless they want to tell us it's a effective Loki. You know, we get into the Loki series and find out something fucking weird happened there and he bumped him off into it. I don't know how much of the stuff you've seen from Love and Thunder set photos, but it's got a distinctly 80s vibe and so does the title. Is there some timeline multiverse shenanigans going on there? Because it looks very, very 80s. And is Loki is Loki setting up some version of that, you know, where Thor, Thor arrives on Earth in the 80s instead? I haven't instead? seen a huge amount. I've seen Thor in the vest. The vest and the jeans. Very I've seen, 80s. I've seen Hemsworth <laughs> in the vest. Yeah, but there's a bit he's very of like, Fabio in in that like it's there's a bit in my head of like is that is that the Peter Quill makeover from being on the Guardians ship though do you know what I mean because yeah the guy, a Peter Quill left Earth in the 80s you know? yeah that's his like that could just be the the side effect of hanging around with Quill um, but on that note I shall go get my stone washed I want to see you with a bleached hair next time i see you each tear okay yeah um and you've got the length you just need getting, just need a blonde a thing. bit fucking um disastrous it's glorious did you what's glorious just just blonde it up thank you everybody for coming along to another episode of this podcast we'll be back next week to talk about episode three um brian what were your thoughts on james gunn again uh he stinks big creep big dirty creep